Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number 52. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome to my screechy crackly voice my name is cliff ravenscraft and my name is eric fisher <laughs> and this is the social media serenity podcast <laughs> anyway folks welcome back we're going to talk today about how twitter can save your life I don't know what on earth happened there, but man, was that bad. It's the social media puberty show. It's the social media puberty show. Uh, Eric, how's it going, my friend? I'm good. I don't think you know this, but I'm on uh, vacation this week. I, you know, Stay I, at home vacation. You know, it's, it, here's what I love about this, okay? I love <laughs> that you know me well enough. To actually know that I probably don't know this. Because <laughs> Even I, though I've tweeted about it. I, I know, because it's like, I know you've probably shared this. You probably, but you know what? I, as soon as you said that, it makes sense because, of course, I, I have caught glimpses of your tweets because I saw something about, like, I'm not going to go completely dark because if I do, Cliff will kill me. Yeah, exactly. I saw, I saw that tweet. <laughs> so, so you're on vacation. You're taking yeah. a, probably a little bit more of a, uh, relaxed approach to social media and now your tweet makes a lot of sense in context yeah semi unplugged and doing house projects just to so it's a very productive actually it's a different kind of productive very but cool it's, it's cool so vacation hmm. yeah. nice so anyway uh there's a lot to talk about it looks yeah. like judging by what we have here in our show notes so we have a wonderful show to talk about all the different things going on in the social media world. And, of course, one of the things to start things off is to let people know that remember how excited we were about Google Wave before it was launched? Yes. I mean, we I think we did an entire episode about how awesome it was going to be, and and <clears throat> we couldn't get to, wait to get our invites, and we talked about how you could get invites on, you know, you could buy an invite on oh eBay. Oh, my gosh. Even when it was already out, People still wanted invites. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, we, we got into it, and then we shared how thoroughly uh, unimpressed we were. Uh, but, man, stick around. Eventually, this is going to be something. Well, I'm I'm not afraid to tell you when I get it wrong. And uh, you know what? I was wrong because there is no stick around and see what it comes out to in two or three years from now. It's going to be totally awesome because Google has decided that Google Wave is dead. Yeah, we need to have a moment of silence, but we don't really have time. So yeah, just they've they basically a, said they've not gotten the user adoption they would have liked. Exactly. So here's here's what we're going to ask you to do. Please pause the recording now for one minute, and please come back. There you go. All right. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Google Wave. Uh, there now for those of you who are using it, uh, they are. I think they're guaranteeing that they're going to keep it up and running for at least the rest of this year. Uh, they're going to work on some tools that you can actually export your data out of there. Of course, what you're going to put it into, I have no idea. And they said that the some of the technology that went into Google Wave, such as real-time texting, you know, seeing people's text back and forth, and and some other things that are that they came up with, uh, 
you know, they're going to incorporate that into other Google products, which, you know, that technology of, you know, back and forth seeing somebody type live, dude, that was back in ICQ days. Right. You know, that, that, that technology's been around. At the same time, it was, it is really cool to see it when it happens. It is really cool. But uh, I'm, I would much, I'd be much happier to see that real time stuff happening in spreadsheets and, and Google Docs. And that's what they're doing. They say they're, they're adding those features to Google services like Gmail and Google Docs. Basically, in other so. words, the ones people use. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Google Wave, dead. And uh, my apologies to our good friend Daniel, who absolutely is the only person I know that loves that service. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Amazon Plus Facebook re- recommendations. What's this? Now, this is one I haven't seen. Well, you know how you can have like an Amazon wish list? Okay. Imagine if everybody you knew on Facebook could see that wish list and buy you stuff. Oh. Sounds okay. interesting, doesn't it? Not really, but go oh, ahead. Well, for me, it does. I want people to buy me stuff. <laughs> well, me you, money. Might, you must have friends that will buy you stuff then. Right. I, well, I hope. Oh, you mean like for birthday and stuff like right, that? Right, yeah. For, oh, for Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Think, think of it as a non-wedding type of year-round registry that people can pull stuff for you like for your birthday or for your ah yes okay so or just being nice and um so gone are the days of creating a blog post saying hey here's the junk you can buy me right so you just you basically you're connecting your facebook account to your amazon wish list and it pulls in the information. And at the same time, your friends can see what you want and you can see what they want. And it's all good. Here's the, here's the situation that I'm a little concerned about. I mean, it, 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 is that, okay, where do people see this? I mean, like, do you add something to your wish list and it just shows up in your news stream and your on your wall post and it shows up in their news stream and then they forget about it? I mean, because it, it's my understanding that they got rid of all the little widgets that you can put in the little profile bar or if they're not, if they hadn't got rid of them yet, they're almost impossible to put in. Actually, it's on Amazon's site. You're gonna the information gets pulled from your friends' Facebook profiles into a your Amazon account. Is from what it, from the screenshot that I'm seeing. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I should look at the screenshot you're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cliff, do some show prep, will ya? Come on. Okay. Got to get up earlier than six o'clock. I know six o'clock didn't cut it, man. Four o'clock, totally awesome. Five, not easy, not so bad. Six o'clock, not enough time. Um, okay, so here is the screenshot slowly loading for some reason. Okay, so um, connect Amazon and Facebook. It's my gosh, that's the slowest loading screenshot I've ever seen in my life. Uh, improve your Amazon shopping experience while tapping into your Facebook network. So, how does this work? How does this get pa- populated? Well, ultimately, it's going to pull from what your friends have either mentioned on Facebook or liked or talked about in their profile and populate it that way. Okay. So you're going to sign into Amazon and then you're going to, do you look for somebody's name? And then, and of course, what if I actually say, Hey, you know, Eric says, I'm totally digging my Google Android phone because uh, it does this, this, and this. And I click like, and right. it's not that I like your Android phone because honestly, I think, you know, I was, I was just kind of like just lifting you up, you know, it's like, I feel bad for you, but I like that you can do that. That's totally cool. Thumbs up. 
you like that I'm happy with. It. I like that you're happy, you know, and you're that totally... doesn't mean you want somebody to buy you an Android phone. That's my concern. There so you go. We're t- so what we're talking is, can we trust the algorithm that's going to be giving the information? Right, right. And, and that has, you know, we got we to gotta test it out and, and that remains to be seen. So I'd right. love to see somebody try this out, but I don't know that I want to yet. Exactly. Unless anybody, you know, hey, if somebody out there is listening and wants to get me like one item off my list, I'll go ahead and sign up right now. Well, here, here's the, here's, here's the deal. I don't like Facebook applications. I've been against Facebook applications, uh, minus the official ones from Facebook from the beginning. Yeah. Because I don't think that Facebook applications work unless there's extremely widespread adoption. Right. You know, which leads us to the next one, which is Vonage for Facebook. Yes. Tell us about this. Okay. Well, ultimately what happened yesterday, I use the word ultimately way too much. Anyway, um, there is a Vonage uh, app for Facebook, but it's a mobile app and it's for not just the iPhone or the iPod Touch or even the iPad, but also for Android. And what you can do is it connects to, you open the app, it connects to your Facebook um, contacts as its contact list and you can click to either chat with people that way or to call them with the whatever device it is. So even if, as long as the device has a an ability to receive microphone, you know, audio as well as send audio out, which all of these do, even the iPad, um, you can place a literal phone call to these people or receive one either through Wi-Fi or 3G without using up any data minutes or not data, any phone plan minutes at all. Okay, so let me see if I get this right. I install the application from the App Store for the Vonage Facebook thing. Yes. On my iPhone. Yes. Okay. And then I can use that over Wi-Fi or 3G to make free phone calls without using my minutes to any of my friends on Facebook who also have this application installed on their Facebook account. Yes. But if they don't have the Vonage application installed on their Facebook, then this is rendered completely useless. True. Okay. And where and, and do they where do they receive these calls? Am I calling them on their computer desktop? No, it's only for device to device. Oh, okay. So so okay. So I download it on my iPhone, you download it on your iPhone, and we can call each other. Right. For free. Yes. Kind of like what we could do with Skype already. Exactly. And Skype does it, has been doing it for a long time, and is pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. And your experience, from what I understand, is it dropped after about three minutes. But that's more, I mean, in all fairness, it was due to the result that it just was released, and, and uh, probably millions of people around the world all trying yeah. it all at the same time. Yeah, yesterday I I did a test with um, Justin Lucasavage. He had installed it, and I had installed it all as all as well. And I saw him tweet out that he had just done that. So I looked, and I was connected with him on Facebook. I don't have his phone number, but we're connected through Facebook. And so I clicked it, and it called, and he was on his iPad, which and I was on my iPhone. But I actually turned, I went into airplane mode and turned on my Wi-Fi just to make sure that it would only do that. And it worked just fine. 
So uh, there, there's the added benefit. Now, of there's course, some benefit, but it's not for everybody. But if you download this app, does it give you the ability to see only the people who are on Facebook that have this application? And does yes. it show you that they're available for the call? Do they have to have the application up and running? I mean, it it will send you a push. call notification via push mess push notification. Okay, and okay. you can deny the call if you want. Okay. The, okay, so that's interesting. So, it's, right. I it's see that. Got like here's the way I see it. It is very much a clone of the way that you could already do stuff with Skype on all these devices, and yet even with Skype, you could do it from a desktop as well. And this doesn't have that. But you're using your data and not your minutes, as well as the fact that there was a main point here. Where'd it go? <laughs> um, the, oh, that it's tapping into your Facebook contacts that you may not necessarily have uh, current, like, say somebody's cell phone is dead. You know, you can you can use the, the Facebook count, uh, sorry, the Facebook contact information to call them instead of a, a phone line. Right. All right. Well, this, there, this, it's this built makes... upon the, the huge network of Facebook, which is the, 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 the benefit I see. Well, the the interesting thing would be if for some if if face or if Skype had a way of automatically connecting Skype and your Facebook account. I see some real value there. I just yeah. I just see only the extremely ultra super geeky friends actually downloading and using this Vonage app. Right, and all of those people that I know, I would already be connected to via Skype. Right. The only thing is, though, with I have the Skype application installed, and this would be a cool application, a cool little additional feature for Skype. Is if I was to try to call you, that it would send a push notification when Skype is not running. Although I do keep Skype running all the time, as much as I can think about it. Occasionally, I go in and close down all the apps and stuff, but uh, but uh, I try to keep Skype up and running. But man, it would be nice if Skype would send you a push notification. Yeah, that's the benefit here is, I mean, I didn't even have, I mean, he called me right back after it cut off or, or actually it was before that. And it sent me a push notification right away just saying, hey, this call, somebody's wanting to call you and it told me who and everything. And I didn't even have the app open and I don't have an iPhone 4 for multitasking. So. Okay. See that, then that's good stuff right there. You don't, yeah, yeah you don't. Yeah, and I, and I see. Yeah, I like that. I do. Okay, that's interesting. I'm I'm more interested in now. And and in fact, I am signing into my Facebook account on the application as I speak. So, I w- originally in my mind I papuda. It's like, okay, what's the benefit? But now you've convinced me, Eric. And I am now typing in my password, and I'm clicking done, connect, and we'll see. We'll see. You know. And it tells me, uh, oh, well, and I have to just click allow. All right. So um, a couple things here before we move on to our next topic. I see uh, some Twitter messages coming at GSPN. I have a comment for SMS. Did you ever consider that Facebook movie may not be telling the whole story? So we talked about this last week. And in the chat room, Sean Roberts also wrote, uh, I believe the social network the ac- or, and or the accidental billionaires is only a, a one-sided portrayal of a more complicated story. I doubt Mark Zuckerberg is as bad as he's portrayed, and it makes for... Uh, but it makes for a good book or book and movie sales. I, I would totally agree with that. Um, oh, yeah. 
And by the way, I, I, I'm going to uncheck post to my wall because I hate that post to my wall stuff. Anyway, um, but yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it's definitely a one-sided story, but still, uh, I don't claim... I mean, it, in the very beginning of the book, uh, Ben Meserich or whatever the guy's name is, the guy who wrote it, he says mm-hmm. clearly that you know Mark Zuckerberg, as it is his right, declined to be you know interviewed or talk about any of the stuff for his for the book, uh, you know, and and he respectfully says you know hey that's within his right. So what I've got here is a story outside of his perspective, just from the people I've interviewed and some emails that I've seen exchanged and and what's been on the public record and stuff. So obviously the book starts off telling you that hey this is a very one side of the story kind of story but with regardless i still found so much valuable insight in in listening to that and especially coming you know from somebody like myself who is building a community online um you know i actually have i have a little bit more respect than i had previously for mark zuckerberg uh because i had only heard really horrible stuff about him uh, from people who I, I guess maybe had read this book, uh, and so I have a little bit more respect for Mark Zuckerberg than what I had previously. Although it sure sure paints him in in a very negative light, but you know, at the same time, I I do see that it's only one side of the story, and you know, it. it I love I love the uh, tagline for the movie. You don't gain five hundred was what is five hundred billion friends. Uh, without making a few enemies and and certainly there are some people who you know would see things in a different light and and so i don't know i have a little bit more respect of the weight of of his place in life in the public eye oh yeah definitely i mean That's there's no I'm way saying. it was going to ever be they're not going to I mean, unless it's completely clean and doesn't offend anybody there's no way that everybody that was involved with the making of it uh, the f- Facebook that is not the movie. Um, we're going to consent to full open access, right? Yeah. So anyway, but I, still, I, I think it, by the and by the way, I do want to say that I finished the Accidental ben- Billionaire and um, uh, Accidental Billionaires, and it is a it's got a lot of profanity in it and some somewhat you know mm, offensive material, I guess. Uh, a certain truck they talk about a lot uh, and stuff, but uh, it, it still, I think it is a valuable read uh, for anybody who is in the new media world and social networking as marketing and and all kinds of other stuff. And and r- regardless of what you may think about any of the individuals, I still feel there is no doubt in my mind that um, that that Facebook brings a tremendous amount of value. To people's lives yeah definitely so there you go and there's a uh there's actually if you go to youtube and type in social network parody there's a trailer parody about that uh trailer is a parody of the face the social network movie trailer but instead of being for facebook it's about youtube and it's for it's hilarious it would it make for good audio do you know um it sounds the same as the uh other one the uh okay it could be funny. Okay, well, we'll maybe we'll try it another time then. Yeah. All right. So moving along, uh, let's talk about uh, Anth- uh, Anthony Vickers. He's got a question via voicemail. So let's go turn to that. Hey, Cliff. This is Anthony Vickers. I'm calling from Richmond, Kentucky, and I do the the Morning Drive podcast and the Big Blue Breakdown podcast or, or University of Kentucky uh, fan podcast. 
I'm calling for the either the uh, Social Media Serenity or maybe Business Tech Weekly. I have a question concerning Facebook. Uh, we do a lot of Facebook promotions, and actually our entire website was built off of uh, uh, really, I would say, 70% of our traffic was coming from Facebook. And we're, we're getting somewhere, hopefully, uh, during the sports season, football, basketball season, we'll get over 12,000, 14,000 uh, visitors a day. However, the new change on Facebook, uh, we use Facebook, a series of Facebook fan pages. We have over 220,000 fans across the uh, three fan pages. But the recent change to Facebook where a post on the fan page seems to now be rolling together. So if we do multiple posts, a post, say, every two hours or so, all of those posts are now being rolled into one post. So a Facebook uh, user will only see one post from us versus uh, all three, and maybe that post gets pushed off the page altogether. Uh, we're not sure, but we've seen a dramatic drop in the number of impressions. Uh, you can see that on the Facebook Insights the number of impressions per post due to the rolling up of all these posts uh, for one fan page. So we're trying to figure out, um, and so with that, our traffic has dropped as well. So I completely understand why Facebook does that. It's probably a good thing for Facebook to do. It kind of helps with the, uh, like on Twitter, the people that like to over-tweet, uh, and I'm sure people on Facebook, they put too many status updates, so this will help eliminate that. Uh, but from uh, from a business standpoint, is a big reduction in impressions and, and uh, traffic coming from our fan pages. So we're trying to figure out how to handle that. I didn't know if you had any ideas um, or if you knew of the time limit that it would, uh, where Facebook would no longer roll the post. Like if it was, if you put a post up and then if you wait three hours and put a post up, it won't roll those together. Or if it's four hours, five hours, kind of. Uh, where's the deadline? Because it can't just keep rolling all your posts together. I'm sure there's, it somehow drops off. I'm not, I'm not for sure if you knew, knew uh, how uh, the logic behind what, what logic Facebook was using to do that. So um, appreciate all the work you do. Uh, big fan and uh, started out podcast answer man, and I'm listening about everything now. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, God bless. Anthony, thank you very much for your call. And uh, I must admit that um, I, I personally, I don't use fan pages a lot. Um, so I've not experienced this. Eric, do you have any experience with this? Um, what I'm wondering is if what view they're, they're looking at the, uh, the timeline on, whether it's the, uh, the current view or if it's the, like the most popular view. I forget what, how they, they word it differently. There's top news and then there's most recent. If you're looking at it through top news and there's been a bunch of posts there from the same account, um, some of them may not be as popular and you know bubbled to the top, so to speak. Um, on the other hand, if if it's most recent, I mean, I don't I don't have any reason why I think that that would be happening on Facebook. It does. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense necessarily unless somebody out there has. Uh, hidden you from their their timeline, their newsfeed. I, I should say, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This, so, this this is an odd one. I have not heard of this happening before. I've not seen it happen before. Uh, but uh, certainly, it seems to be happening to him. So, Anthony, I'm I'm a, I'm sorry. We don't have a better answer for you. Um, and yeah, I I even did a Google search while we while it was playing, and I was trying to figure out. You know, I'm not sure if 
roll up is is the right term or if there's a different way to put it that maybe some other people out there are experiencing this, but I've not experienced it either. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Anthony, if you can, if you can find out what's going on and you want to report back what you found out for us so, so that other people can learn, uh, let us know. Or if you have an example of it, you know, um, send, send us an email feedback at gspn.tv and, uh, I'll try to get in there and, and take a look and see if we can see it happening on your site and see what it looks like. Or if you have screen captures or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that you're dealing with that, but it just doesn't sound right at all. I can't, I, yeah. I can't even, I, he says that he could understand why Facebook would want to do that. I, I can't even understand why they would want to do it. I mean, a, a, a single, po- a single status update is a single status update. I, I, I can never see a reason why I would want those rolled together into a string of status updates if they happened within a few minutes of each other. Yeah. I mean, there's people I know they'll post every hour on the hour and uh it still shows up so yeah all righty well uh let's move on to uh our next call this is from keith parsons and uh let's see what he has to say hello this is keith parsons with wireless land weekly podcast and this is for social media serenity i have a question for you guys one of the problems I come across are people who are so enamored with Facebook. They think it's the only way to involve themselves in social media. And yet I've found Twitter to be a far better experience in actually connecting with people I don't know and learning about people who are involved in my industry, happen to be wireless land technologies. Whereas Facebook is where people who already knew each other just you know, stay in touch. What do you suggest on a way to that I can use to talk to people and explain why Twitter isn't just you know people telling each other what they had for lunch? Thanks. All righty, Eric. Facebook people using that as their only method of connecting with people online. Certainly, I've we've heard the argument before where people say, oh, "I'm not going to do tra- Twitter. I'm already on Facebook." Totally different story. I mean, it it is a different place. It's a whole different way. I mean, like I've said in the past, I treat them as two different audiences completely. Yeah. And I definitely don't want my mom to join Twitter. So <laughs> I see. <laughs> I want stay right there on Facebook. I'm fine with that. See, I, I, I don't, here's the deal. I, I don't think I actually have ever really considered them two different audiences, but I mean, but obviously there are some people who are, I, I have connected with on Twitter that I haven't on Facebook, but as far as Facebook, Facebook's that thing I'll connect, I'll follow and connect and friend anybody on the, in the world, by the way, facebook.com slash cliff Ravenscraft. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll connect with anybody in the world until you start putting junk, like you, you know, Farmville stuff on my, on my wall. Then, then, you know, I'm going to block those applications, but if you use like too many applications and I can't block them faster and you can put them on my wall, then then I'm disconnecting from you. And I don't care if you are my cousin. All right. Yeah. Take oh. that. You know who you are. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, but the thing is, I'll connect with anybody in the world on Facebook uh, up to 5000 people. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh you know, until Mark says I can do more. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh you know, the thing is, though, I connect with I, I while the, I, I consider them to be, you know, a lot of I don't consider them to be different audiences. I connect with the people there different ways. Yeah. So and I think that's partially what I mean. And, and I'll, I'll, part of what I'm saying with different audience is that there are people that are in one place that aren't the other and then and vice versa. So what I find is on Twitter, 
I find everything that I do on Twitter is all about the the news stream. It, number one, I first go and look at direct messages as they come in. I then the next thing I do is I focus on my at replies, and then I will immediately go and check out. And I literally check my raw Twitter stream. You know, because I actually went through, I used to follow everybody and I got really excited about lists and stuff like that. But you know what? I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to look at the raw Twitter stream, which is why I only follow 488 people. Right. I But there are 488 people. If I'm following you, I want to see your Twitter updates. And not that I have to see every single thing that you're up to. I just want, if I'm, if I've got 15 minutes, I'm going to spend, you know, eight or nine minutes reading the most recent 70 or 80 status updates from the 488 people that I follow and, and just see what's going on in the, in, in the overall world of these people I have come to know as people who are either friends or people who I want to get to know better and 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 it is so relationship and conversation driven whereas right. for me facebook is a place number 1 I, the, my number one use of facebook is to syndicate my status updates from twitter <laughs> for the people who don't follow me on twitter right so so that's number 1 it it's it, cuz you know my mom isn't on twitter but my mom is on on Facebook. And so I, you know, this is a great way for her to see what's going on in my world. Every time I post a Twitter message, she gets a little update on her Facebook, you know, new stream. So it's a great way for her to, to follow. She doesn't have to follow me on Twitter to get it. Um, so that's number one. And then it's, you know, there are people who don't have Twitter and they leave comments on my wall. So that's the next thing I look at. So I use Facebook in a very Twitter like way. But as far as beyond that, I occasionally will use uh, will use Facebook to check out the profile page. I'll actually go to an individual profile of a close personal friend or a family member just to say, "Hey, what's going on in their life? Let me see what they've posted over the last you know seven to ten days." You know, providing they only post maybe once or twice a week. You know, I, I'll, I'll look at their most recent wall entries just to see what those people are doing. You know, yeah. like my mom, my sister, um, and, and to be honest with you, anybody else who's not on Twitter. You know, it, it, so I, I very much use it as a Twitter way. The, the thing is, is Facebook, you know, people can say all they want about all Twitter. It's just about knowing what you're having for lunch. I don't care what you have for lunch. It's like, you know what? I don't care what farm animal you just purchased. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you just did your IQ quiz and you, you know, and and that you've ranked, you know, more than a two-digit score. I mean, that's great. Uh, I don't care about any of the other crap that you're playing with with all these applications. At least on Twitter, you've only got 140 characters to tell me what you did. Exactly. There's some brevity. But but here's the situation, Keith. You're asking this question: How do I show? How do I actually show all the people? you know, on Facebook, how can I share some of with some of these people, the power behind Twitter? Number one, don't feel the, I I would say, don't feel the urge to force people or, or not that force people. That's the wrong language. Don't feel the urge that everybody has to be convinced that Twitter is valuable. Um, you know, let people be happy with what they're using is, and I just, one of the reasons I love Facebook is it's got people like my mom involved in social media. 
and, and online. I love it. I love that when my mom goes down to the lake, you know, down in Tennessee, the lake house, and there's no internet connection there whatsoever. She went out and bought a little laptop with a Verizon wireless card so that by golly, before she goes to bed at night, she can see what all of her friends and family are up to on Facebook and she can post, post a little note that says, good night, everybody. Nice. I love that. that yeah. Is, my mom is on Facebook. I love it. And, you know, so I don't want my mom. I, I, it's not that I don't want my mom on Twitter. It's just like I just don't think there's a need for her to be on Twitter. But I can say for those other people, like what Keith's talking about, there are some people that Keith knows in this professional world who could benefit from the real, honest relationship building and social networking that is more apt to happen through Twitter if you use it in the right way than it will happen on Facebook. And how I show my clients this is I actually sit down and, and pull up a go-to meeting and I show them my Twitter stream and I let them see what people are writing and it's not, and I show them that it's not all about it. And here's my favorite thing in the world. I encourage anybody to do this. Go to twitter.com slash gspn. Seriously, go to G- twitter.com slash gspn. And then when you get to my profile, I want you to click on favorites. And what I do is, is it's like, what do you do with favorites? Well, I only use, I only star items as my favorite if they are an example of how Twitter is totally awesome. That's a good idea. That's what I do. It's like it's like so. Uh, I'll give you an example, just randomly here. Uh, Barb in Nebraska says checking into Backblaze because at GSPN st- just started using it. He canceled Carbonate because they weren't backing up videos, dude. So, so Barb just said, Barbara and, and, or Barb in Nebraska just said, Cliff Ravenscraft just caused me. He influenced my techni- technology. He influenced the way that I, uh, do something in my life or in my business. Do, do you, do you see the power that's involved in a relationship? And, and by the way, if I click on her name, she has 2,504 people. So do you, so what happened there is 2,500 people were just notified that Barb in Nebraska sees Cliff as an influencer. Mm-hmm. He's worth following. There's a lot more. I think there's an argument that could be had about the fact that I think there's a little bit more or maybe infinitely more reach connectivity through Twitter than there is through Facebook. Yeah. Uh, mostly because you can follow people or retweet people or, and so on and so on. Your, your influence uh, can spread like wildfire on Twitter. Whereas in Facebook, it's more about who you know and who they know directly. Exactly. You know what I mean? The idea, what what I love about Twitter is 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 the fact that I can I can actually be on Twitter and I can connect with just a few hundred people, and these folks will say things about my business. They will say kind and generous things about the products and the services that they are purchasing from me. And when you look at the number of people who they're connected to who are getting those status updates, I effectively on a weekly basis, and and this is no exaggeration, I am reaching millions of people every week who are exposed to my brand online and my friends i am not ex- i am not exaggerating i reach millions of people on a weekly basis 
And that's opposed to how many on Facebook that are your friends. Well, exactly. I've got, I don't know, 2,000 some odd people, almost 3,000 people. I don't know. But you have a much bigger reach on Twitter. But the question is, is my, if if the average person that I'm connected to on Facebook, they have like, you know, 60 friends or 70 friends and stuff like that, which, uh, but the average person that I'm connected on to on Facebook, you know, is somewhere a hundred plus. And I've got friends who follow me and say great things about my products or services who have, you know, 87,000 followers. And these aren't the, and, and I try to stay away from people who just, you know, pay for people to follow and do all the other crazy stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I do. I, I basically, I, sh- I just show people. I show people the valuable thing. I show people where I've gotten business and work from this and 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 so yeah i think that's interesting if 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 you want just go to twitter.com slash gspn slash favorites and and read through some of those things and and when you see the things people are saying then click on their id click on their name to see how many people that actually got that message um i'm looking at cc chapman he's got 22,403 people that follow him so 22,000 people and he, what am I doing? I'm throwing a Boston social media meetup. So he says, hey, everybody in Boston, some great people are coming, is, are going to be in town on August 7th, and you should say hi. Here's the link to this sign up. That went out to 24,000 people. Yeah. And that's just one person who shared that link. And by the way, that Boston new media tweet up, uh, I mean, it, let's see here. SM, let's see. So, uh, no, it's BSM. T dot Eventbrite. Let me see if I can find out how many people are now signed up for this because it's out of this world. Thirty three people are going to meet in at a at a little pub in in uh, Boston together just to have a meetup. And and all I did was put down an Eventbrite and I put out one Twitter update and boom, thirty three people are are coming. Nice. So yeah, it's cool stuff. All right. So I don't know if that helps, but uh, that's what I do. Keith, uh, do you have any other recommendations on how to convince people of the that it's more than just lunch? You show, yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's you got to demonstrate how it's benefiting you, right? So, oh, and by the way, uh, duh, he's he's a podcaster. So why not devote? Why not record one podcast, ten minutes in length, fifteen minutes tops, and the top ten reasons why you should consider Twitter. And think it out, script it out, and record the episode, and then just consistently send people to that. There you go. There you go. All right. So there. Hopefully that helps. So Twitter is now suggesting that I follow people. Is this annoying you? I don't really care. Do you do you sign into the Twitter homepage, your Twitter web page, very often? I once in a while I do. Um, I especially go there once in a while if I'm looking at other people's profiles before I decide whether they're worth following or not, but, and I'll click home just to, you know, look at my stuff real quick, just to look at it. But it's starting to suggest people. And ultimately what I see, I mean, there's a benefit to it. If there are people that you are following and they are all mutually following somebody else, then maybe you're missing out on something, but you've got to, you still can weigh it out whether that person's worth following or not. It's not, it, I mean, because what's cool is it'll say followed by and uh, it'll list off like, for example, it'll say GSPN followed by GSPN, Fleegon and somebody else. And it's somebody that I'm not following. 
And it's like, well, three people I know that I trust, you know, are, are following somebody for a reason and I can check that person out. So it's, if you're looking for people to follow, not really a bad idea to check it out, but all in all, if you're not trying to follow tons of people, then, right. You know, well, you know, I actually, uh, I, I use the homepage a lot and in, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a big deal, but I do notice that it suggests some people that, I, you know, I've personally, I just, it, it, it's like I've chosen not to follow that. In fact, I've chosen right. to block this person, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, and you can do that. You can hit, you know, block them. The the one thing I, I, I see, though, is that, you know, it, it's taken up a little bit more space than it did before. It's not a big deal, but I kind of liked when it had just the one little advertisement for a Twitter service. Yeah, I wish they actually had it up in like, settings or find people where if you just click find people then it's well actually it is part of that it's actually just been ported out to the front page if you go if you if you're on your main twitter page and you go up to the top upper right and it says home profile and then find people if you click find people and then there's the tab suggestions for you that's where it's where where it's actually housed which I wish they'd just kind of, I mean, I guess, I hope maybe it's just a temporary thing that they're showing us it's available mm-hmm. um, instead of making it actually part of your home page. Okay, so here I am. I'm actually changing my mind right here midstream within the episode. Again? Yes. Man. Okay, so so here. I'm, I have influence on GSPN. I, I am actually uh, clicking the little X button, click, you know, clicking away all of these people. Yeah. And I just came across somebody that was suggested who was somebody who just hired me this week, paid me $150 to talk to him on the phone. And I realized that he's on Twitter because it suggested him. And and uh, I did not know that he was on Twitter. I didn't and know his- is it, how is it suggesting it? Is it because pe- other people that you're following are following that person? Exactly. And in fact, that that ha- that is exactly how this person heard about me. That's actually maybe something to throw in your high rise and say, heard about me through and then list those people. Exactly. So, and by the way, I just, I I was just clicking X, 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 closing all of those recommendations out and it kept bringing up new ones, bringing up new ones. And now it seems that I've filtered through all of them and now it's actually just, now it's going to at early bird and it's, it's the little one little advertisement thing. Yep. So anyway. So you get rid of all of them that they suggest, and then it goes back to normal. Well, yeah, until probably some new people pull up and they populate it with some other stuff. But anyway, yeah. anyway, and by the way, we're talking about if you're logged in and you're on your main, you just go to twitter.com and you're logged in. It's there on the right hand side. So you know, I just found it useful. I just fo- followed. I just followed a cl- uh, person who is a client who who uh, I definitely want to follow. So there we go. I so it has its use. It's just maybe not super important. Yeah. Anyway, so what's this uh, F-Flick tracks movie buzz with your Twitter friends? Well, it's essentially it's a service that will grab from your the people you're following on Twitter, whether it's negative or positive uh, sentiment towards movies. And so it will tell you it's more of a, a polling your friends to see what movie you should go see. Okay, I'm signing in right now. Have you signed into this? Yes. You like it? I do because it's like uh, one of the things I'll actually do is go see on Twitter 
okay, what movie should I go see? Is there, is there anything that of people that I know that what's the buzz? What's the movie to see right now? And obviously it's Inception, but uh, because that's one that's kind of, you know, again, gone to the top of the list. But if you go through, it'll actually show you who's saying what about what movie and whether it's a positive or a negative uh, sentiment. And it will it'll list out specific tweets about who's said what about those movies. And it's it's almost like your own personal Rotten Tomatoes from your Twitter feed. Yeah. Which I, I like because it's it's my personal Rotten Tomatoes feed. I I like this service. And by the way, this is F as in Frank, F L I C K dot com. So Frank Frank L I it's it's like FFlick.com. Yes. And you, you just sign into it with your open authorization of your Twitter account. And can I say I just I, I want to say kudos to them for allowing me to choose not to follow them and not and by not making it default to actually post a message into my Twitter stream. Exactly. I love that. It's optional. Yep. And so Although I think I would probably tweet about this now. Right. <laughs> Although, okay, so I enjoyed Inception. And I love it. I mean, it pulled out the movie Inception, even though that's within it. So you don't have to use pound Inception. You know, you don't have to use a certain way. It's just if you right. mention the, the name of the movie, it somehow knows that is there. And by the way, what's Zombieland? I never heard of Zombieland. Uh, oh, um, you know what? It's Ryan Azawa, and he's like got pound Zombieland. So. <laughs> I'm just looking to see if there's other Romana. Let's see. Uh, just got back from seeing Ramona and Beezus. And oh, Ram- Ramona and Beezus? Yeah, Ramona and Beezus. Yeah. And by the way, um, that one was not, that was just, you know, the name of the movie. And uh, they must be looking at context, like to confirm that it's singing. You know, it, it's not just keywords. They're, they must be using some context with other words and stuff to make right. sure it's posting. But it looks, this is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So that's fflick.com. Get, you know, some ideas about movies uh, that are trending within your Twitter followers and friends. All right. So uh, Twitter leads to rescue. Twitter can save your life. How did this happen? What's going on here? I, I've, I heard the story. I, I, I just heard the headline. Never got a chance to read the story. What happened? All right. Well, there was a mini triathlon that... Uh, person called Lee Fazzini, I hope I'm saying that right, they were doing with their cousin in Connecticut. And it was like a lake swim and a mountain bike uh, ride and then a run. And during the bike ride, she uh, had a, oh, like an accident basically is the best way to put it. And she could not um, get a hold of anybody to, to help her. But she was able to use her um, Twitter to get people to get her followers to contact, you know, people that were involved with the uh, mini triathlon as well as um, call for people to come get. Basically, it was she she was able to in a slightly panicked semi shock uh, kind of a state be able to get help so, through Twitter. Uh, okay. Ad, people at people that were acting as advocates for her when she couldn't. Okay. So, so how, how did the initial understanding that she needed help, how did that happen? 
um, she started to to shout out and and nobody was around and about 25 minutes had passed so she had her blackberry with her okay and she had it connected to you know email accounts facebook twitter and all those things and she thought the thing that it's going to get her the most immediate response is going to be twitter and so she sent uh some messages out on Twitter and within seconds, some of her Twitter friends and colleagues from all over from like Pennsylvania, Canada, Chicago, which is nowhere near Connecticut uh, started to, they read her Twitter stream and they started to on her behalf, start contacting, you know, uh, people with medical attention and, and, you know, the fire, the fire department right there locally. Right. So, okay. So, so she, instead of dialing 911, she decided to send out a Twitter post. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, well, it would, I think it would take a little bit more, uh, thought to actually type in the message versus, yeah. you know, I don't know. But in a state of shock, who can say what you're going to do? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I would say maybe my recommendation would still be to dial 911 first. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have AT&T, you can actually send a Twitter message while you're on the phone with them. If you, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but Although if you, if you have really bad call reception, yeah. then maybe the data would work enough that you can send something small out. Exactly. Yeah. But, but hey, if you're on Verizon, you know, everybody's saying, oh, I can't wait till the iPhone's on a Verizon. If you're on Verizon, you're on that call with 911. No Twitter updates while you're on the phone. Not going to happen. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Social Media Serenity. And for those of you who are listening to this in the downloaded podcast feed, we want to th- thank you for being a GSPN.TV Plus member. You guys rock. Can't tell you how awesome you are. Anyway, uh, Eric... Thank you, as always, for going through and finding these amazing stories for us to cover. And a special thank you to Stephanie Week, who asked, actually uh, sent in the, the Twitter Saved uh, Somebody's Life story. Yes, thank you. Very cool. We'll be back again next week with more. Uh, we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 859-795-4067. Until next time, everybody, join the community. Join the community.